birthday coming up. It's going to be a good day. Yes, hallelujah is right. Hey, before you take your seat, Megan, you, give us a wave. I just, uh, during worship, I felt like God gave me a word for you. And uh, Megan is doing our internship program. I'm almost done with your first year. She's definitely, definitely been a standout. But I felt the Lord tell me that you might be going through a thought process of that maybe you thought things would look differently at this point in your internship. And uh, what God said is, is what he's put in you, you may not be able to have seen yet. But as you walk out of the internship, what he put in you is going to come out of you. And that you've just seen the tip of the iceberg. It's almost like a seed. And as you walk out of the internship, I'm telling you, God told me to tell you that you're going to see amazing things from him. And that your 2017 is going to look a whole lot different than even what you thought of. In Jesus' name. Love you. You're awesome. And also, Miss Desiree, this is kind of an intern intern thing. Desiree's in her second year of her internship. And uh, I felt, this is what I felt God tell me to tell you about your upcoming year, is that you've been through two years of the internship and things have gone pretty well. You've, you've persevered through a lot of things. And this isn't a word, I, I know this. Um, but uh, kind of like Megan, things may look a little bit different than you thought after your second year. You maybe thought things would be a little bit different, but God told me the, the word for you is things are going to begin to click in 2017. All of the, the plans and the purposes and the dreams that you have, they're going to start to click. They're going to start to make sense as you walk into this next season of your life and this, and this next year, and the blessing of God is going to be on you and your beautiful son. In Jesus' name, you're awesome. We love you. God is good. God is on the move. And uh, it's going to be a good day. Before you take your seat, punch somebody. And then pray for him to be healed. You guys doing good? How many people have not done their Christmas shopping? Come on, be bold, be brave. Whoa, this is the boldest service all day. I have asked that question every time. And uh, even some of the men sitting next to their wives are raising their hand. Well done, guys. That's just transparency at a whole new level. I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud of you guys. I don't think there's any liars in this service. <laughs> Pretty much everybody raised their hand in case you weren't looking around. So uh, how many people think that Ashley should have her baby on Christmas Day? <laughs> Christmas Day, Kenny? What do you think? Today? She can come today. Hello. Loosed in Jesus' name. No. Okay. Um. <laughs> oh, man. It's good to be here today. Pastor Jurgen and Leanne are in Australia um, visiting family and stuff over the, the holidays, so they'll be back in a couple of weeks. But um, today's going to be good. We're in a, an, a series called Unwrapped, and as soon as I heard the, the title of this series, I knew that what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to unwrap the gifts of the Spirit. So the title of my message is The Gifts Unwrapped. So we're going to go through the gifts of the Spirit, and we're going to talk about that. So it's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to teach... And then we're going to demonstrate. We're going to teach and then demonstrate. So it's going to be less of a preaching message. It's going to be a teach. And then we're going to demonstrate the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2.4, this is Paul speaking. He said, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. One uh, Thessalonians 1.5 says, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. So the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just words, it's not just teaching, it's not just preaching. It involves the power of God and a demonstration of the power of God. And so that's what we're going to attempt to unwrap today. Now listen, the gifts of the Spirit should be probably like a nine-week series. I'm going to do it in 35 and 30 minutes and 54 seconds. So get get ready to get going. Write down write down the scriptures. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures, so write them down. You can go read them later. Preparing this message, I thought about this girl that I met in high school. And uh, she was a good girl. She was a beautiful girl. She was kind of part of our, our crew in high school. And uh, the only thing was she was a Jehovah's Witness. And uh, I didn't know much about that religion back in the day. I just knew that she didn't um, celebrate her birthday with gifts or anything or Christmas so she never got gifts. So, you know, I'm like, well, how do you know how old you are? 
she's, you know, I don't know. She, she knew somehow, but she didn't celebrate birthdays. So she never had that feeling of like waking up on Christmas morning and going to the tree and ripping open presents or, or asking her, her parents for, you know, special gifts for her birthday. She never had that experience because they don't, for some reason, give gifts and, and celebrate things. And so I always felt bad for her. Um, and I always remember thinking like, I'll never be that religion. I don't care how truthful. <laughs> I'll get some gifts, you know. And, uh, and so, but what, what, conversely, like most of us and, you know, my kids have experienced the, the, the blessing and the celebration of gifts their whole life. And so they, they, on Christmas morning, you know, they run to the, to the tree and they want to open all their gifts all at the same time. We try to do like one at a time so we can see everything and all that kind of stuff. It rarely works. Um, but we try to do that. And just a couple of weeks ago, my father-in-law uh, came from Las Vegas with his girlfriend and brought a few gifts for my kids because they weren't going to be here on Christmas. So they brought him a couple of gifts. And my father-in-law brought big gifts for the boys. And big gifts for the, for the boys means good gifts, means the best gifts. The bigger the gift, the better the gift, right? And so my boys were so anxious to open these gifts. But we had, because they got here so late on a Friday night, and we had so many things, recital, football game, dinner, all this kind of stuff on the Saturday, we had to wait till like Saturday afternoon to open their presents. And so it was like, it was like chaos. Like my, my kids are relentless. I'm not sure if your kids are like this or maybe you're like this. But my kids are relentless in asking for things that they want. So it's like, Daddy, can we open the gifts? Daddy, can we open the presents? Daddy, can we open the presents? Daddy, can we... my, daughter, my daughter at one point was literally laying on the couch looking at the presents saying, Dad, is it Christmas yet? And uh, so, I mean, they were all over. They were all about it. But we, we held them off for like 24 hours, and then they opened the gifts, and, and the gifts changed their life. They got remote control cars. My daughter got a la la loopsie thing. I don't know what that is, little figurine things. And then uh, she got this thing where she can grow um, plants and that was exciting apparently and so she got all this stuff like it changed their life but it wasn't until they opened the gifts right and uh imagine imagine having all of these gifts under the tree for like an entire year an entire lifetime and every day you're walking by these gifts and you never get to open the gifts you never open the gifts because for, for whatever reason you just don't open the gifts what a waste how useless and how sad would that be it would be so sad because that would mean someone would have went out shopping, picked something out, paid for it, wrapped it, put it under your tree, gave it to you, and then you never got to open it. You never got to use it. Unfortunately, that's how some of us Christians live our lives with regards to the gifts of the Spirit. There's a, there's a man, uh, there's a God, Jesus, who went out and paid a price to get you some gifts. Didn't use money, but he used his life. And then he, he wrapped those gifts perfectly in the form of the Holy Spirit. And then he sent these gifts to us to open, to use, because they would change our life. But so many of us never open the gifts. And so today I want to unwrap the gifts for you. Because if you're like me, I grew up 31 years of my life never even knowing about the gifts. I was like the girl in my high school. I had never, I had never the experience of the gifts. I didn't even know they existed I never got to open those gifts in my life. And so I want to expose you, if you've never heard of them or seen them in the Bible, to the gifts today because I want you to desire them. Uh, the Bible says uh, desire spiritual gifts. That's what Paul said. He said pursue love but desire spiritual gifts. And so once I, once I personally saw the gifts, once I was exposed to them, man, I was hungry for them. I wanted to open those gifts because I knew it would change my life and make my Christianity a whole, lot, heck of a, a whole heck of a lot better. Right? My Christianity to that point was kind of beige. Just kind of normal, you know, just whatever. But once I opened the gifts, everything changed. And that's what I want to happen to you today. A lot of the people don't use the gifts for a number of different reasons. I'm going to give you a few. Number one, the church has become so seeker-friendly that they've removed the Holy Spirit from the church. Because they're in fear that if the Holy Spirit comes out, something might happen. And they don't know what's going to happen. They, don't know, they might lose people. Because people might see the power of God and they might lose people, might freak people out a little bit. Did you know the only people that are freaked out by power are Christians? People that aren't Christians want power. But Christians who grew up in church who were taught that the power of God isn't for today, they get all religious and they say, oh, that's not God. It's, you know, it's for the, it's, you know, died in the Bible and all that kind of stuff. But the world wants power, and if the church isn't willing to give it, then someone else is going to give it to them, psychics, all that kind of stuff. So we need to be people that operate in power. Second reason, leaders don't understand how the Holy Spirit works simply because they've never been taught. So maybe they know about it, but they're not sure how it works, so they, don't wanna, they just don't want to go there. 
Or there, are, there simply are theologies, like the ones I grew up in, that didn't believe that it's for today, and they teach against the gifts of the Spirit. I remember pastors teaching against speaking in tongues, saying it was from the devil and all that kind of stuff. And so that's how I grew up. And so all of the gifts of the Spirit was foreign to me until I got to this church. Number four, people have had a bad experience uh, around the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is not weird. It's supernatural. It's natural, but it's super. People are super weird. People are super weird, not the Holy Spirit. So, so I've experienced super weird people with regards to the Holy Spirit, and they point to the Holy Spirit like it's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit when really they're just weird. So I went to a church uh, way back when, when I started to hear about, you know, the power of God, and I was hungry for it, like I said, and I wanted to go wherever the God was going to move. I wanted to be there. So I heard about this guy who's coming to San Diego and was going to be at this church. So I went to this church. It was, um, wasn't this church. It was a different church. So I went there, and um, the problem is I invited some of my friends from my old church that didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit either. And so I'm like, this is going to be awesome. There's going to be miracles. There's going to be power. It's going to be great. And so I invited like five or six people. So they all came, and from the get-go, it was weird. Like, worship went for over an hour. There were people doing weird dances in the back, like waving things. And, and uh, the worship wasn't even good. Like, it's one thing if worship was an hour and it's good, but worship was bad and it was an hour plus. So, you know, it, that was weird. I, there was a, a person that was in the aisle on all fours barking like a dog. Like rough, rough dog. And then there was this, they had an offering, and this, this, this lady, like, went up with her money in the offering and did, like, these pirouettes and then, like, put her offering in the bucket. And, uh, you know, at this point, I'm like, oh, shoot. This is, like, the pastor is walking around the, the audience. I'm like, don't touch me, man. This is crazy. And uh, even to this day, those same friends I brought are, you know, anti-Holy Spirit, which is sad because they had a bad experience. But I personally was not going to let some weird barking dog ruin my experience or ruin my future in God and ruin my opportunity to experience and unwrap the gifts of the Spirit and all that God has for me. So I don't want you to have a bad experience and let that determine your future. I'm telling you, God is not weird. People are weird. All through, the, all through the life of, the, uh, of Jesus, before he ever preached the message, did a miracle, cast out a devil, he had the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in John 14, 12, that we are to do the works that Jesus did, and greater works shall we do, if we believe. Now, how are we supposed to do that? Are we supposed to do that with our own strength, with our own wisdom, with our own power? No, that, 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 how can we do what Jesus did if we're missing the power that he had? And so we have the opportunity and we have access to the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had on this earth. It's the same one. It's the same Holy Spirit, which is amazing to think about because there's only one Holy Spirit. John 16, 7 says this. Jesus speaking to his disciples, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, you got to understand, this is Jesus, the Messiah, who's walked with these disciples for, you know, three-plus years, and now he's telling them, hey, you know what, i got to go, but trust me, it's going to be better without me. This is, like, unimaginable. Can you imagine Jesus, the Messiah, telling you this? It would be like, no, Jesus, don't go. Like, you're the Messiah. You're God. Don't leave us. But Jesus knew that he was only one person, one God, but if he left, then he could send the Holy Spirit that could live in all of us. That God himself, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, could live in all of us. How does that work? I don't know. But it's really awesome. It's really awesome. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he brings gifts with him. It's an amazing thing. We have an amazing God. Uh, Matthew 3.11, this is John the Baptist talking, and John's baptizing people in the Jordan River, including Jesus. And he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto, unto repentance, but he, Jesus, who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So John the Baptist is saying, this is cool, baptism of repentance, we need that, but Jesus is gonna come and he's gonna baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire is gonna come. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So Jesus and John the Baptist are saying, when the power of God, the Holy Spirit, comes upon you, you are going to get fire and you are going to get power. 
We need some firepower if we want to be effective witnesses for Jesus to reach the earth. We can't do it on our own strength. We need the gifts of the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. So in Acts 2, right after Acts 1, when he says you're going to receive power, in Acts 2, it happens. The Holy Spirit falls on the disciples in the upper room, 120 disciples, and they all get filled with the Holy Spirit and power, and they all start speaking in tongues. The reason they spoke in tongues is because they needed a sign that, that they knew that they had received the power that Jesus was talking about, the fire that John the Baptist was talking about. And so the speaking in tongues was a sign saying, okay, we just received the power that they were talking about because they're speaking in languages that they didn't know. And all of a sudden, Peter gets up, he starts preaching a message that he never prepared for, starts prophesying, and, and 3,000 people get saved like, like power broke out in the upper room. And so these manifestations of the Holy Spirit that happened with the disciples after Acts 2, the Holy Spirit started to manifest himself in all these different ways. And so um, that's referred to as the gifts of the Spirit. It's the gifts of the Spirit. Now, that's different than the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit we find in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, that's the love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, gentleness, kindness, and probably missed a couple. But that, that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's the fruit of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are more of an outward sign and signs point places. The outward signs, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit should point to Jesus. It shouldn't point to a person. It should always point to Jesus. And so the, the gifts of the Spirit are kind of the outward. The fruit of the Spirit are kind of the inward. The gifts of the Spirit are given to you. The fruit of the Spirit are developed in you. The fruit of the Spirit is developed in you. So, But we're talking about the gifts today. 1 Corinthians 12.1 gives us a synopsis and lists all the different gifts of the Spirit. There's nine gifts. There's nine fruit. Here's the gifts. Verse 1, though, says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. What does that mean? That means that he does not want us to be ignorant of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. So why, so why don't people talk about it? Why don't people study it when Paul himself is saying, don't be ignorant? I don't get it. But anyways, verse 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for profit of all. So the Holy Spirit comes on you for the profit of all. Jesus will give you gifts so that you can give them away. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So that's the list of the nine gifts of the Spirit. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it comes fully mature. It's not like he just comes with a couple of gifts, and then you got to, like, beg God for a few more. No, he comes with all nine. He comes with all nine gifts, puts them under the tree, and says, you, all you got to do is just, just unwrap them. He comes with all nine. I used to think you only got one. I used to think that, you know, you only got one gift, you get one gift, you get one gift, you get one gift, but together we're powerful, but, but apart, if we go to a restaurant, someone has a heart attack, is laying on the floor, but you only have the gifts of discerning of spirits, you can't pray for him. You can't discern, you know, discerning that spirit is not going to help that person. What the Bible is saying is that the Holy Spirit will distribute to, do, distribute to you whatever you need when you need it. All nine are available to all of us. We can all do all of them. That's what happens when we get baptized with the Holy Spirit. We can do all of them. Now, the nine gifts are listed in, in a way in 1 Corinthians 12, but I'm going to kind of uh, switch around the... Uh, the list a little bit and put them in different categories so that we can understand them better. So I'm going to put three, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to categorize them in three different categories. So each category will have three. The first one is the vocal gifts or the communication gifts. Okay. Different kinds of tongues is one of them. Interpretation of tongues is the other one. And prophecy is the third one. These are gifts that you talk, the communication, they're vocal. So different kinds of tongues is a supernatural utterance utterances in languages not known to the speaker. That's what happened in, in, uh, in Acts 2 when they got filled with the Holy Spirit. Interpretation of tongues is the supernatural ability to reveal the meaning of the tongues. Prophecy is a supernatural proclamation in a known language, not an unknown language like tongues, but a known language. It's an exhortation in, or an encouragement, and it's calling forth the words of the Spirit of God in the, a language that people can understand. So those are kind of like the, the vocal gifts. Now, speaking in tongues is what we call like the gateway gift. It's like the gateway gift, right? It's like once you speak with tongues, you're like, oh, I got power. And then you can operate in all the other ones. It's like a sign. 
you know? And so uh, that, that's kind of what speaking in tongues is. So it's an important gift. Now, I'm going to kind of read a couple of scriptures and then try to unpack a little bit and make you understand how all of these work together. Because a lot of the gifts kind of work together. They kind of flow with each other and so on and so forth. So uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 18. This is Paul speaking. Because a lot of people think that tongues isn't good or, you know, whatever. Paul says this. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, this is Paul speaking. Could there be a correlation between the wisdom and the supernatural wisdom and power of Paul and him spending time praying in tongues more than everybody else? Could there be a little bit of a correlation there? I don't know. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 to 5 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with a tongue, unless indeed he interprets, that the church may receive edification. Verse 13 and 14 says, Therefore let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Verse 39 says, therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, but do not forbid to speak in tongues. Like it is so clear that the gifts of the Spirit are for the church today, and Paul, Paul's talking about it. So let me just give you an example. If I were to start speaking in tongues right now, okay. some of you just got freaked out, wondering where the interpretation is, right? So I'm just speaking in a tongue. That, that's my, my own language. What did I say? I don't know what I said, but the Bible says that I'm praying in my spirit, okay? And when you pray in your spirit, you're literally praying to God. So I'm edifying myself. I'm building up my spirit, man, the Bible says. It's like you're exercising your spirit when you're praying in tongues, okay? And you're just speaking to God. Now, I don't need an interpretation for that because I wasn't speaking to you. I was speaking to God. It'd be like if, uh, who speaks Spanish here? It'd be like if she was pr uh, praising God during praise and worship in Spanish she wouldn't need to give all of us an interpretation. Why? Because she's singing to God. She's praising to God in her own language. So you may be in this church for a little while, and you're like, what is that guy saying? What is that girl saying? Whatever. Um, they, they need an interpretation. You know, this church is out of order, all that kind of stuff. No, because they're just speaking to God. Their spirit is praying to God. Now, if I got up here and said, I got a message for the church, and I started to speak in tongues for, you know, five minutes, and then I said, you know, God bless you, that would be out of order. <laughs> Because nobody would know what I said. So at that point, I would need to pray for my own interpretation or someone in the church would interpret. And the Bible talks about how to do that. I don't have time to get into the whole thing. But basically, you know, one or two people would interpret or whatever, and then, and then we'd move on. So if you speak in a tongue and it gets interpreted, you're just like prophesying because it's edifying the body of the church. Does that make sense? So you can go pray in tongues all you want. Paul says, I pray in, in tongues and I pray in English, or I pray with understanding. So he, he does both. I do both. In my, in my prayer time, I usually start out praying in tongues for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, and then I'll pray in English. A lot of times God will give you different um, things to pray about while you're praying in tongues. So it'll kind of bring in your focus because you're building up your, your spirit, man. And so uh, it, it's a powerful thing. But prophecy, uh, Joel 2.28, in the Old Testament, Joel prophesies about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. He says this. He says, it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And so Joel is talking about this, and Peter in Acts 2 actually refers to that scripture in Joel when he's given his first, the first message after the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit came on him. So if you're a son or a daughter, we need to be prophesying. We need to be prophesying. I tell, I tell our team all the time, go prophesy over somebody this week. Go prophesy, and all it means is an encouragement. I prophesied over Megan and over Desiree before this service started. Why? Because God gave me a word. I knew I was going to be preaching on the gifts of the Spirit. God always wants to speak. All you got to do is say, God, who do you want me to, what do you want me to say and to who? And he'll highlight somebody for you. And so he highlighted those two, those two ladies for me. And so I gave them an encouraging word. A prophecy in the New Testament is an encouraging word. It's not, it's not condemnation. So if you leave condemned, it's not of God. You need to leave built up about your future. And a prophecy is probably the most powerful thing that we can do as Christians. And it can be as simple as, you know, God's going to, it's going to be a great day for you. Or, you know, God loves you your barista or your, you know, waitress or whatever. Let God speak to you about what to say to people. There's prophecies that I've gotten, you know, 10 years ago, 11 years ago that I still hold on to today, that I'm still, you know, battling for, warring for. The Bible says in Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, you know, go to war based on the prophecies that you've got from the laying on of hands. 
So, so Timothy is about to lead this massive church as a young man, and Paul's like, hey, whenever in doubt, remember the prophecy that you got. I'm telling you, when we prophesy over people, when we prophesy to people, that can sustain them for a very, very long time. So make sure we're doing that. And by the way, my prayer today is that you're going to go home and spend Christmas with your family and your friends, and we're going we're gonna to see miracles happen. You're going you're gonna to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. You're going to unwrap the gifts. So we're going to come back in the new year. And we're going to be healings. There's going to be miracles. There's going to be prophetic words. There's going to be words of knowledge. All that kind of stuff is going to happen um, when you're home celebrating Christmas. So the next three, so that was the vocal gifts. The next three is the revelation gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. Word of wisdom is the ability to make decisions and give guidance that is according to God's will. It's like divine direction. Uh, the example that I'll use is uh, um, uh, a number of years ago when the real estate market was crashing. You guys know my story. We lost a whole bunch of property, whatever. And we were trying to figure out what to do with our house. And so, you know, do we short sell it? Do we, you know, just let the bank take it back? Do we try to keep it? What do we do? And one day in worship, God gave me a divine download, a word of wisdom, a strategy on how to get out of my house and make some money in a short sale. And, and so just, just that, you know, in that 20 seconds, he just gave me a word of wisdom, divine direction of how to get out of this mess. And I couldn't do it myself. Sometimes when you're in a mess, you need divine intervention because you can't see when you're in your own mess, right? And so it was a word of wisdom. Now, a lot of these things work together. A word of knowledge is the ability to have an in-depth understanding or insight of a spiritual issue or situation. You'll, you'll see a word of knowledge used a lot when people are praying for, for healings and miracles or whatever. They'll be like, hey, uh, there's somebody here with a, you know, right lower back pain. Who's that person? And someone will raise their hand. They'll be like, I got a word of knowledge. You know, they got a word of knowledge for that person. Then they'll pray for them for healings or miracles. And so the gifts kind of work together in, in that sense. Sometimes you'll get a word of knowledge about uh, somebody. I've been in pastoral care meetings and other conversations where I'll get a word of knowledge about somebody. But then... It's not always a good thing just to blurt out, right? It might be a personal issue. So now you've got to go and process and get a word of wisdom, a divine direction on how to bring that to that person's attention or how to navigate through that situation. You don't always just blurt out, you know, a word of, a word of knowledge about somebody. Um, so, you, so you need to kind of navigate those things. Um, Discerning of spirits is a supernatural ability to detect plans and purposes of the enemy. It's the ability to discern what spirit someone is operating in. Guys, remember the scripture in the Bible when Jesus is talking to Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan. He's discerning that Peter's operating in a wrong spirit. And so he's saying, you know what, he, he, he figures that out. God gives him a download. The Holy Spirit gives him a download. And he, and he realizes that the enemy is trying to work in this situation. So it's a way to kind of discern what's happening, what kind of spirit people are carrying, what kind of spirit they're operating in. Are they manipulating or are they being truthful? So you, you, can, you can get that discerning of spirits. And that's a very important, important gift. Um, and the last one, uh, the last set of three are the power gifts. And uh, I'll invite the band back up. The power gifts. So these are faith, the gifts of healings, and working of miracles. So the gift of faith is a supernatural ability to believe God without doubt and combat unbelief. So it's just like this, this, this supernatural certainty that God's going to move. And you need to understand, like, in the Bible, it doesn't say, like, in Jesus operating in a gift of faith or Jesus in the gift of miracles. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't say that. You just kind of discern, like, what happened in the Bible probably. And so Jesus, you can imagine, goes into a, a tomb where there's a man dead for four days, Lazarus, and he says, roll away the stone. I imagine he had a gift of faith. Like he knew God was going to move in that situation because for you to yell, tell him to move away the stone and then to yell into a tomb and say, get up, man, that's been dead for four days, that stinks, and walk out of here, that you had to have some faith in you. And so the gift of faith often works with the other power gifts, the, you know, the working of miracles and the gifts of healings. And so um, it's just this, 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 this unimaginable faith that you have. It's, it's come upon me a number of different times. One time, I remember I was um, praying on stage. This was back in the school. And uh, uh, someone told me that there was a, a gentleman in a coma. And I remember thinking, like, all of a sudden, I just, like, something rose up in me. Like, oh, no, he's coming out of that coma. Like, I knew God was going to move. And so I got up and I prayed for the guy, you know, with the church. We prayed for the guy. And, uh, and I texted my friend and I said, dude, something shifted. Let me know what happens. So that same day, he uh, sends me a text back and says, dude, he's out of the coma. And uh, he's, you know, he's doing, he's doing really well. So unbeknownst to me, I go and visit somebody else in the hospital. I walk by, and I know the girl that's in there. And she says, hey, Pastor John. And I go in there, and I get to meet the guy that came out of the coma 
because it was her father. And so it was, it was just a crazy thing. And it's happened a few different times to me, but that's this thing. It's just like this certainty of faith that you know God is going to move uh, with power. Gifts of healings. Gifts of healings. It's plural because there's multiple gifts for multiple diseases, illnesses, and everything else. So it says it's the ability to use God's healing power to restore a person who is sick, injured, or suffering. The life of Jesus, he often used the gifts of healings. Um, blind Bartimaeus, for example, uh, blind Bartimaeus, Jesus went up to him and said, what do you want to do? He said, I want to see. So he says, see, and blind Bartimaeus sees. Um, he often healed, you know, fevers and all kinds of different uh, people got healed in the life of Jesus' ministry. And he, it, it's kind of like a sovereign move of God. Like um, uh, Jesus didn't touch blind Bartimaeus. Jesus maybe you know, might have laid hands on some people, but he didn't have to work anything out. He didn't have to do anything about it. It was just a divine move. When he prayed, they got healed. Be healed. And God moved on their life. I was praying for, uh, in, the, in this service, actually, a few weeks ago, and I was told that uh, um, just a general prayer of healing, and I was told that someone had a, a jacked-up hand, like they, they had deep bruising in their hand they thought it might be broken or whatever. They felt a cool wind come on their hand, and they got completely healed. Just their, their hand was healed, and it was just, it was a divine move of God. It's the gifts of healings that just touched that person. It's an amazing thing, amazing thing that happens. Oftentimes, also, gifts of healings uh, can occur over time. So you might pray for somebody, and maybe they don't see an immediate shift, but over the next couple of days, all of a sudden, they find themselves healed. Jesus healed the 10 lepers, and it says they were healed as they went. So as they walked away, healing kind of just came, came on their, their life. I've prayed for a number of people where that's happened. One lady I prayed for, she had um, skin cancer on her face right here. And um, she had, a, it was just like a little tumor that was about the size of, I don't know, like a peanut or something like that. And she had a, an appointment to go get that tumor removed in about a week. And they were hoping that it didn't spread and all that kind of stuff. And so we prayed for her. And by the time she got to her appointment the next week, it, it had shrunken to be so small that the doctor didn't, all he had to do is pluck it off of her face, whereas before they were going to have to do a skin graft and, you know, pull it out, hoping that it didn't spread and everything else. It was a gift of healing. It was healed as she went, and uh, she, she didn't have any skin cancer. And so that was one example. One, another example, I prayed for this guy. I didn't even know what was wrong with him, and I just prayed that, that God would touch his life. And that same week, this was on a Sunday, that same week he said, he called me and said that when he went out under the power of God, because sometimes people fall down, it's just, a, it's not weird, it just, just happens sometimes. I always tell people that, you know, I hope that the God of the universe can at least knock me over, you know, once in a while. Sometimes he needs to get our brain out of the way and do some surgery on us, okay? So anyways, um, uh, this, this person fell, fell out under the power of God, and he said while he was lying on his, on his back, God was bringing back all these memories that he had forgotten about from his childhood because he had a, a trauma happen, like when he was, you know, 9 or 10 or something like that. And um, he forgot everything that happened before that. But God started re to restore all of these memories over that next week. Like every day he was getting these new memories. And then he told me that he was running on the beach and uh, just thinking. And he went swimming. And, and he realized as he's swimming that he hadn't been able to swim uh, that easily in, you know, 15 years or whatever. Because when he was a, a teenager, he had uh, uh, something happened to his leg and it was numb. So it was like a partially numb leg, so he couldn't really run, he couldn't really swim, but he realized that he was healed uh, as he was swimming, as he was running. So his leg was completely healed. So God was just like restoring things, you know, as he went. So that's the gifts of healings. Um, uh, I've, seen, I've seen crazy stuff, scoliosis, um, all kinds of back stuff and, and different cancers and things. Working of miracles. Working of miracles is able to perform signs and wonders, display power beyond the natural. So if you read the Bible at all in the New Testament, you would see Jesus turning water to wine. You would see Jesus multiplying the loaves and the bread. You would see Jesus telling the wind and the waves to be still. Um, another great uh, miracle is, is casting out of demons. Last service, casts out a demon, and the lady got healed. She had a pain in her back, but it was a devil. So we cast out the devil. That's like the easy one. Because the devils, if you tell the devil to leave, they have to leave. And if they got a sickness with them, then that has to go too. And so, so that was an easy one. But she got healed just last service. Um, Peter and John walked up to the gate beautiful in Acts 3. And uh, Peter says, you guys know this story. He said, silver and gold I do not have because the, the lame man was begging. But what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he reaches down and he picks up this lame man and picks him up. He's working the miracle. And then the lame man had to do something too. He had to walk. He had to do something that he couldn't do before. And so that was, that's, a, that's an example of a workings of a miracle. They're doing something to have that happen. 
And one of the stories that I, that I love uh, in regards to working of a miracle is actually Morgan Irvin. A couple of years ago, he plays Jesus and Hero, just FYI. And uh, we're in DNA, and uh, he told me that uh, the funny part is he didn't even want me to pray for him because uh, be, I didn't know this when I did, but because there was Dr. Matt was there, and Dr. Matt's a doctor, so he wanted Dr. Matt to pray for him because he had a back issue. He had sciatica and pain in his back. Um, and so, but I just went over and prayed, prayed for him, whatever. And then he did something that he couldn't do before. So he's literally like, you know, I just remember him like bending over and almost like trying to find the pain. And he had been taking uh, drugs, pain medication for the last 18 months before that, heavy pain medication because he couldn't operate during his day without the pain meds. Doctors didn't know what was wrong, couldn't get healed. So in, in a matter of 30 seconds, God touched his back. The sciatica was gone. The pain was gone. And I, I remember after praying for everybody, he's still over there stretching out, going, like almost in disbelief, like that his back was healed. And uh, uh, as far as I know to this day, I haven't had any, any back pain. He's doing great. So that was the working of a miracle because he prayed for him. But then he had to step out in faith and do something that he couldn't do before. And God, God touched him just like that. Never had to take drugs again. So workings of miracles. So right now I want to I demonstrate the power of God, and we want to see God move. Every service so far, we've had miracles, so we're going to see some more right now. So I want to ask, is there anybody kind of in the back um, that has maybe some, some back pain? Maybe you got in an accident, or maybe you had an issue. Maybe it's a shoulder or, or a back. Is there anybody back there? Sir, come on up. Do you mind coming to the stage? Is there anybody else back there? Maybe a couple of people? Somebody over here is pointing, but the person is not raising her hands. You got some? Come on up. Come on up, guys. So far, we've got a couple of guys. I need one more. Maybe a girl. Is there a girl? I see you up there getting pointed to. Come on. Come on down. We're going to give, if I didn't call your name, it's okay. We're going to give you a chance to get prayed for, prayed for at the end, but I'm just going to demonstrate up here with a few guys and gals. So, yeah, come on up. It's cool. There was the one that didn't want to come. That means God is going to blow your mind right now. Okay, so we got a few, few people. Um, what happened, sir? It was just a summer, just a random, I had a torn labrum in my right shoulder, and then out of nowhere, I just had a back pain. Back just kept me out of back here. It's only on the right side. Only on the right side. Doctors can't, can't get it fixed. Okay, what about you? Lifting heavy stuff, lower back locked up. They don't know what's wrong. How about you? Um, car accident when I was 17 and um, twisted two discs in my lower lumbar that through therapy have never. Car accident. Years ago, I was doing yard work and I tried to do it without using the right stuff. So I jumped, twisted, and did something to my lower back. That's a word from the Lord saying, don't do yard work. <laughs> I receive it. I receive it. How about you, sir? Uh, car accident two years ago. Car accident. Yes. Causing back pain? Uh, oh, shoulder pain? Okay. Um, I overly stretched, so um, my back is um, hurting since then. Yeah. A car accident, and it caused a twist in my spine. So back pain. Okay. So we're just going to pray, and I don't want to be the only one praying. I want you guys to stretch out your hands towards these people, and we're just going to pray. We're going to believe God. We're going to see a move, move uh, right now. So do you mind if I put my hand on your back? Where, where is it the lower back okay so let's stretch out our hands and let's and let's uh let's pray father right now in jesus name holy spirit i thank you for the power of god thank you for the power of god i can feel the power of god is on you right now in jesus name right now command this back to heal command this pain to go shift off our life in jesus name go in jesus name be healed right through your body, right through your back, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit. Uh, so I didn't push her. That's not weird. Like I said, sometimes people fall, sometimes they don't. Not all these people are going to fall, and not, it doesn't take you to fall to get healed. We'll ask her how she's feeling when she gets up. So you have the, the back right here. I'm just going to put my hand right here. Just turn your palms towards heaven and just receive from heaven. Father, I thank you right now for the power of God, for the power of God. I can feel my hand heating up a little bit on your back right now. That's the power of God. Father, right now, Holy Spirit, I thank you for healing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I release healing, the power of God. 
in Jesus' name. Pain, I command you to go. Shift, get off his life in Jesus' name. I release the healing power of God right through your back, right through your back right now. Pain ends today in Jesus' name. I cancel the assignment of the enemy to keep you down and bound in Jesus' name, and I just release healing. Let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. Let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. Let it flow, let it flow. How do you feel? Now do something that you haven't done. Can you feel, would you be able to tell if it was gone or not? If it was feeling a little bit better? Kind of comes and goes. All right. But it's okay, it's feeling all right right now? It was backing up right there, but now he can't feel it. So uh, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. That, that, was, that was 20 seconds. I could feel the power of God. I don't know if you could feel that. I'm going to pray for you. Where's, where is it? Lower back right here. Gary, Gary, let's stretch out our hands. Father, right now in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, I thank you for the power of God. Lord, touch Gary's back in Jesus' name. Let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. Miracle power of God in Jesus' name. Pain, I command you to shift. Get off his life in Jesus' name. Go. Right now, let the healing power of God go right through, right through, right through, right through. I can feel Holy Spirit is on you right now. Let it flow, let it flow, let it flow in Jesus' name. Now, what, what can you do to, to tell if it's hurting or if it's a little bit better or better or all the way better? the whole servers it was in pain and I couldn't stretch it even I'm not feeling anything not feeling anything I'm telling you 30 seconds the Holy Ghost can do anything let's pray for you father right now in Jesus name power of God flows into this woman's life in Jesus name touch your God in Jesus name power goes through in Jesus name Jesus right now father power of God right on his shoulder in Jesus name I speak to this shoulder pain you go in Jesus name get off his life shift in Jesus name power touch him God in Jesus name power right through healing right through right through right through where are you hurting sir father right now the power of God let it flow let it flow let it flow Jesus name pain I command you now to go get off his life in Jesus name healing we release healing right now right now right through your back right through your back let it flow 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 father right now receive healing power devil i break your power in jesus name i cancel your assignment against him to keep him hurt pain you go and you stay gone in jesus name in jesus name thank you god for healing Her lower back. Melissa, come on. Melissa didn't even want to come down. Just like Morgan didn't want me to pray for him. Just, just turn your palms towards heaven. Come on, God wants to touch your life right now. Jesus, I thank you right now for healing power. In Jesus' name. Speak to the spine. I command you to straighten, be repaired, command the structure to be renewed, discs to be healed in Jesus' name, whatever is twisted to be straightened in Jesus' name. I speak to pain, I speak to uncomfortable, I speak to unflexible in Jesus' name. Every muscle, you, you, you re, uh, return to flexibility, strength comes in Jesus' name. Pain, I command you to go. I command you to go, spine, you shift now, shift in Jesus' name power of God. It's going right through your spine right now, right now, right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now for healing. Healing. Let it flow. Let it flow right through your back, right through your back, right through your back, right through your back. Can you tell if you're better? Can you bend over or twist or something? Feels good? Does it feel healed? Feels looser? Should we go one more time? 
One more time. Should we go one more time? Feels looser. That's a good start. That's a good start. Jesus had to pray for a guy twice. So I think if he had to do it, I guess I can do it. Let's turn your palms towards heaven. Come on, we're all going to agree right now. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, power of God. Father, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow right through. Spine, you shift. Pain, you go. In Jesus' name, get off her life. Father, right now, healing power of God flows right through, right through. Miracle power of God. Miracle power of God. Thank you for testimonies to doctors saying the pain is gone. The twisting is now straight. I declare no long-term damage in Jesus' name. Pain leaves and stops now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, pain stops now. Thank you, God, for flexibility in Jesus' name right now. Amen. Amen. Are you going to bend around a little, a little bit? or What do you think? Come on, part of it is, is, is the stepping out in faith, believing that God did it. Is it feeling okay? Is it feeling better? Feels good. Feels good. Feels good. Hey, I'll take feels good. Come on, let's give these guys a hand. Let's give God a hand for, for what he's done. He's touched all these people. You guys can go back to your seat. How are you guys feeling? You guys feeling all right? You feeling good? Yeah, better? better it's great i feel tingles and like a release of pain it's amazing it's been 12 years thank you god come on god is good god bless you guys amen 12 years come on Come on, let's be people that unwrap the gifts of the Spirit in our lives and for the people around us. Before we take off, can you just give me, can you just give me two more minutes? Just give me two more minutes. Let's, uh, I want to give people an opportunity to respond. If everyone could just hang out and just close your eyes just for two minutes. I just want to ask you a question. Are there anybody here today that you've maybe you've never invited Christ into your life? Or maybe one time you did, but you've taken your life back. But today you're saying, you know what? I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. The greatest miracle any of us could ever experience is the gift of salvation. The miracle of spending an eternity with Christ. So if that's you, if you've never given your life to Christ, or maybe one time you did, but you've taken your life back, while every head is bowed and eye closed, would you just raise your hand where you are so I can pray for you? Oh, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see those three hands in the middle. God bless you to my left. I see that hand. I see that hand down here. Young, young lady, God bless you. Is there anybody over here to my right? Is there anybody over here? I see that hand right in the middle there. Once I see your hand, you can put it down. God bless you. I see that hand, sir. Amen, amen, amen. I see that hand, buddy. Greatest miracle of all time salvation in heaven amen amen you can look up here what I'd love to do I want to pray for all of you people that raised your hand but can you do me a favor and as we all kind of stand to our feet would you come out of your seat down here so I can pray with you personally I'll get off the stage and we can pray because I'm believing and uh, that Jesus is going to come into your life and everything's going to change come on let's stand to our feet let's give these people a hand as they come come on down proud of you guys for for making that walk and you sir 
First one down. God said that today is a new day. We've been dealing with some stuff, but today is a new day. It's almost like a line in the sand. You're going to step over that line and everything's going to change. Today is going to be a new day for you, sir. Salvation, healing, power of God. I'm so proud of all of you. What I want to do is pray a simple prayer. I love it if you guys would just repeat after me. The whole place is going to, is going to say it with us and just, just say these, these uh, quick words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on a cross for my sins. I declare today that I am saved, that heaven is my home, that God is my Father. Holy Spirit, I invite you in to my life. Baptize me with power. Help me to live a life that glorifies God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Amazing, amazing stuff. Hey, guys, this is the greatest decision that you could make in your life. If you would do me the favor of just going into that response now, just for a couple of minutes, you have somebody behind you. You can bring your friends with you. We just want to give you a Bible, answer any questions that you have. If you have something specific that you need prayer for, we could do that as well. But if you could just take two minutes and do that, we'd really appreciate it. So just turn to your right and my left, and we'll see you right back in here in just a minute. Come on, God is good. Man, God is good. Let me just pray for you uh, one last time. If you are in here and, you know, weren't able to get to you today, I want you to just raise your hand. I'm going to do a general prayer, and then God can touch you right where you are in your seat. If you need additional prayer after that, we're going to have some of the team come up, and uh, you can come and get, get prayer. And uh, today's been extraordinary. I'm telling you, God is moving. Uh, there's been miracle after miracle every service, but just lift your hands. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the power of God. Lord, I thank you that today we've unwrapped the gifts of the Spirit. And Father, I declare a release of the gifts of healings and miracles over this congregation right now. Those that are in pain, I command pain to go in Jesus' name. Release these people in Jesus' name of pain. I speak to bones. I speak to cells. I say be healed in Jesus' name. Shoulders, backs. I speak to eyes, necks, be healed in Jesus' name. Ears opening in Jesus' name. Father, right now, release the power of God. Touch every person in need in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you, Lord, for the season of Christmas. God, I thank you for great times with families and friends this week, God, as we all get together and honor the greatest gift of all time, Jesus Christ. Father, bless these incredible people in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>